This episode is sponsored by Covenant Eyes. If you want to be the type of believer who bears much fruit for the glory of God, for the benefit of others, and for your own eternal reward, my friend, you've got to be in fellowship and you've got to make that thing a habit. Welcome to Redeeming Productivity. This is the show that tries to help Christians get more done and get it done like Christians, and I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Well, guys, before we get into the meat of this week's episode, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping with you. The first piece of housekeeping is that I need to tell you some bad news. This is the last episode in season one. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you know that for the last eight episodes, we have been talking about the essential habits of the productive Christian. And we've covered a whole range of things from planning to Bible study to all kinds of things that basically make up the daily and weekly practices of a believer in Christ Jesus who wants to live a life that counts. And we're bringing that season to a close. And so I'm going to be taking a short break before uh, season two uh, while I work on that and some other projects. But if you want to keep up with the latest of what's going on with Redeeming Productivity and get more resources on this subject, make sure you are subscribed to my weekly newsletter. The newsletter is called Reagan's Roundup, in which I share insights and resources on a Christian approach to personal productivity. So often I'll share some insights of my own, links to videos or articles I've written on the topic, as well as a roundup of links from around the web that I think you will find helpful in your journey to becoming a more productive Christian. So just go to redeemingproductivity.com and you can sign up for that weekly newsletter. And hopefully that newsletter can hold you over until we're back for season two of this show. And the other bit of news that I wanted to share with you is that Redeeming Productivity is coming to American Gospel TV. So if you're not familiar with American Gospel TV or AGTV for short, it is a streaming service that is full of doctrinally sound Christian content. And I think that if you like this show, you are going to love the other stuff that's on AGTV. I'm going to be joining uh, some other series from people like John MacArthur, Steve Lawson, Costi Hinn, Ligonier Ministries, uh, my buddies Daryl and, and Virgil over at Just Thinking are on there as well. Uh, and there's also tons of great high quality Christian documentary films on there as well. So if you've heard of the American Gospel movies, uh, those are on there, as well as a bunch of other great programs. So make sure you check out AGTV. You can go to watchagtv.com because there's tons of great stuff on there. And now Redeeming Productivity will be on there as well, which is super cool. Alrighty then, let's get into the topic du jour. So we're talking about the essential habits of productive Christians. And the habit I wanted to end with is actually one maybe you wouldn't think of as a habit at all. It's fellowship. You know, when the stuff with COVID and the pandemic and the lockdowns all started a little over a year ago, it was very uh, revealing about the state of the church in the world. And specifically in the West, I think we saw a lot of believers for the first time felt the pangs of not being able to be in fellowship with other believers. I know we felt that acutely. Uh, we were out in California when it started, and I was uh, still at Grace Community Church out there. And we all felt very, very acutely that sense of loss of not being in weekly fellowship with other Christians and being kind of stuck. 
But at the same time, it also revealed the low value that many people put on Christian fellowship. One of the most infuriating things about the lockdowns is you had politicians telling believers um, what they should think about church. I remember, uh, I think it was the governor of Virginia, he was quoted uh, very like condescendingly telling believers, you know, you can pray at home, God will still hear you. And man, that's not the point. Obviously, we can pray at home. Or you heard people saying things like, um, you know, the church isn't a building. We don't need to be gathered together. But the thing is, God has designed believers to be together. And listen, I, I don't mean for this to be a commentary on, on churches opening or not opening. Um, I have an opinion on that. But my point really here is about the importance and the necessity of Christian fellowship for our own development as believers and for the health of the other believers in our lives. And the reason I bring up the COVID thing isn't to make some sort of political commentary, but purely to say that it showed that some of us for the first time felt how valuable and important fellowship is for our own spiritual lives, where others seem to realize that, oh, I don't need church. And many of them have never come back and will never come back to church again because it revealed that they just didn't care. What do I mean when I say Christian fellowship? I am talking about the gathering together with other believers in Jesus Christ and spiritually encouraging, admonishing each other, worshiping together, learning from God's word together. I'm talking about the church Uh, as the body of Christ gathering on Sunday, certainly, but in addition to that as well, in each other's homes, in small groups, and just meeting together, sharing a meal. Fellowship is being together with other believers in Jesus Christ and sharing in that common bond. And it is essential to us if we want to grow. So we're going to tackle this in three parts. We're going to talk about the reasons why fellowship is essential. Then we're going to give some reasons why it should be a habit. And last, I'm going to give you some kind of ideas and practical tips for how to make sure this is actually a habit in your own life. And it goes beyond just making sure you're in church every week. Spoiler alert. Um, so why, why is Christian fellowship essential? Uh, well, there's several reasons. Uh, and the first and kind of the overriding one is that the Christian life wasn't meant to be lived alone. I talk about that a lot on here. And um, it's one of the reasons I'm not a big fan of the term personal productivity. I use it a lot, um, but it's very individualistic. The same thing with self-improvement. I, I recognize that what I talk about is in the genre of self-improvement and personal productivity. But one of the things you have to recognize is that as a Christian, your aim is not merely to better yourself and use uh, the fellowship of believers as, as, you know, like your support network. But it's also that you are embedded in that group such that you are part of the support network and the encouragement for other people. Another way to put this would be that you would not be a productive Christian if only you were the one who uh, was aided by the group. It is something we do together. But there certainly is an aspect to it in which you and I need the church so that we can grow, so that we can improve. You know, life is hard. 
it's hard to live in this world and we need encouragement and we need to be built up. Uh, and that is why God has designed the church. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. That's one of the really important things about being in relationship and fellowship with other Christians is encouragement, mutual upbuilding, because it's tough out there. We want to see God working in each other's lives so that we can, when, when I'm having a down day, I can look at you and see you're having an up day and vice versa, and we can just help grow together. That is the design of how God made this to work. And that brings me to, to another reason for fellowship, and that is accountability. You know, you read this in any book about habits, any book about improving, trying to grow in something. If, if you read a book about how to learn to run a marathon, one of the things you are always going to land on in any thing that's trying to tell you how to make substantial change in your life is they're going to talk about accountability. Because accountability is the, the secret sauce of self-improvement. It is. You need other people in your life to help you stay accountable, to help you meet and reach those goals, and to help you grow as a person. And the really funny thing is, in the world of self-improvement like culture, there's all these different programs for accountability. You, know, you can sign up and, and pay money to be a part of some, some group that keeps each other accountable. But what I think is funny, I think those are good. I'm not knocking those. I'm just saying I think what's interesting is God built accountability into his plan for the church from the start. Like that is that program already exists. That's why a lot of times people will joke about the cult of self-improvement, the cult of productivity, because those people who really are interested in personal growth will naturally drift towards religious type rituals to get there because that is how we were made as humans to operate. But where we should get that is from the church. It says in Hebrews 10, 24, and let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works. There's an accountability factor. There's a stirring each other up. There's an encouragement. There is accountability. There's growth. And that happens in the church. That's why fellowship is essential and you can't cut it out of your life. This is another reason, man, I am ranting about the COVID stuff, but this is another reason that you cannot have a television screen replace the church. It's wonderful. I love live streaming. I think it's great for those people who cannot join the saints, whether out of health concerns or, or, or you know, maybe they're not ambulatory, so they can't actually physically go, but it is not a replacement, not by a long shot. Why? Because you can't have fellowship that way. I mean, there is a sense in which you can talk to someone on a Zoom call, but we all know, we've all been in this long enough to know it's not the same. There is something to being physically present with another believer in Christ and just sharing life together, breaking bread together. There's something about it because that's how we were designed. And then another reason that fellowship is so essential is because fellowship is commanded by God. The many, many one another commands of the New Testament are absolutely impossible apart from fellowship with other believers. Uh, you mean take Galatians 6, 2, for example, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Good luck. Have fun bearing the burdens of people who you don't know or you're not in their life. You have to be together. You have to be in fellowship to function as a Christian and to grow as a believer and to grow as a person. 
See, I, I really believe that if we want to become better, which I, I think that if you're watching this, or listening to this, that's what you're interested in. You're, you're interested in improving. You have to understand that the type of improvement that honors God is going to be found here in the scriptures. And fundamentally, we want to be improving as Christians in our devotion to him, in our service to him, in our love for him, in our love for our neighbor. But even in the other areas of life in which you want to improve, um, some of you I know are entrepreneurs. Some of you are, are simply people who are driven and want to uh, perform better at work. Some of you are homemakers and you want to have a well-ordered home. Well, listen, Listen, all of that is going to be built on the foundation of you walking closely with the Lord. At least all of that is that's going to count in the long run. And so you need to do it God's way. And God's way is not to do it as a lone ranger. It's to do it in community. And guess what? That is the most fulfilling way to do it, though it is scary. We'll talk about that in a moment. It is hard. Uh, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to say that it's not hard, but it's worth it. And it is essential. Now, I want to pause here and tell you a little bit more about the sponsor of this week's episode. This episode is sponsored by Covenant Eyes. And Covenant Eyes is a software that is used for blocking pornography and helping you to, yes, be accountable. And it's kind of apropos to this episode because we're talking about the subject of accountability within Christian fellowship. And in the world we live in, unfortunately, there are temptations that abound and they are easier now than ever to get to. And I'm talking about internet pornography. It is a productivity killer, but more importantly, it is a soul killer. There are countless people within the church who are addicted to internet pornography and see no way out. And it is doing untold damage to your spiritual life, to your walk with the Lord, and to your ability to help serve other believers as well. But there is a way to fight it. And of course, the solution to that is in the gospel of Jesus Christ, who breaks the power of sin. But there are also practical ways that we can flee temptation. You remember Paul told Timothy to flee temptation? That's how I think about software like Covenant Eyes. It is a proactive fleeing of temptation. I use Covenant Eyes on all of my devices. It helps to make sure that I have a backstop in place against temptation. I'm not actually able to get to these websites if I was tempted to do that. And even if I did, Covenant Eyes has a way of tracking what I'm doing on my device and share reports of that with people who are helping me to stay accountable. It's just another tool in your arsenal. You can try it free for 30 days. Just use the link that I have down in the description. I've also created a couple videos about Covenant Eyes that do a bit deeper dive on it. So make sure you check those out on my YouTube channel. But I highly, highly encourage you just try it for 30 days. And I think you'll be surprised how something as simple as putting a little piece of software on your device can help you break a destructive habit like pornography. Thanks again to Covenant Eyes for sponsoring this. And make sure you check out that link for 30 days free of Covenant Eyes. So now I want to talk about some of the reasons why fellowship is not just essential, but it should be a habit. It should be habitual. Because again, I, I think that fellowship, we might recognize if I kind of had done like a quiz with you and said like, what are like the basic disciplines of, of being a Christian? You would talk about prayer. You would talk about Bible study. But sometimes we forget about fellowship as a, as a discipline, as a, as a habit, as something that is ongoing that we need to be doing. 
And in fact, in the first episode of this season, I mistakenly said that the word habit isn't in the Bible. And then I corrected myself in the uh, second episode and noted that, yeah, actually it is in Hebrews 10.25. And the one place that the Bible uses the word habit is in reference to fellowship. It's in Hebrews 10.25 which follows verse 24, which we read earlier. I'll read them together. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And that interesting, the place where you see the word habit is in the context of fellowship. Now here it's in a negative context. He's saying that some people are in the habit of no longer meeting together. And so I think we can extrapolate from that. The opposite is true, that they've actually broken the habit of meeting together. And this is, I think, very prescient for our time. As I've mentioned, people have have left their church. They've gone to the live stream type thing, and they have no intention of ever going back. And if that's you and you're listening to this or you watch other Christian or other listen to other Christian content to try to basically make your own church, you can't do it. You can't do it because you cannot replace that fellowship factor. You need that. You need that. And so we cannot break this habit. That's what's warned against in Hebrews 10 of getting out of the habit of fellowship. Um, I, I compare it to exercise. Like when you get out of the habit of exercise, you don't really notice it at first right? You kind of feel the same. You don't, you don't immediately just feel terrible because you, you stopped exercising. But after a while, you notice that you just, something's off. You don't, you don't feel quite like you used to. But then one day you turn around and notice how much ground you've lost with exercise. You notice you put on a bunch of pounds or you, you are uh, winded when you walk up the stairs. I think it's the same way with fellowship it's easy to to miss a Sunday or, or you know, maybe your, your small group goes on a break and then you don't come back after that break. And you go for a while and you're like, this is fine. I love this. But even though you might not immediately feel the pangs of that or feel like you're missing anything, after a while you're going to see that your uh, spiritual growth is going to stall out and you're going to start seeing more issues because that's not the way that God has designed this to work. And so we need to make sure that our fellowship is not just something we do when we feel like it, but it's something we actually make a habit and we're disciplined about. I mean, I, I believe this is one of the reasons that God designed um, us to, to to have church every week, to gather together. I think that's why the early church was doing this, is they recognized that they needed to have some rhythm, just as God designed the, the days of the week and, and that there's this repetition, there's this rhythm to life. We need to have built into our schedule some way of ensuring that there's this backstop against us neglecting fellowship. And that's why it's important to be a part of a, a local church and to be there for the gathering each week. Uh, and it's not because each week you're going to necessarily learn something absolutely profound, but it's that repetition. It's the long-term habits that turn you into the person that God wants you to be. But specifically with fellowship, it's making that habitual 
that allows you to do that in a community with other believers and actually play a role in that through your own spiritual gifts of helping others to grow as well. But it's important to remember with this habit that it is more than just showing up. Um, I mentioned the weekly church gathering because I think that's like kind of the, the bare minimum that we need to be a part of. But even if you're doing that, you can sort of be a bit of a wraith there, can't you? You can show up and be a consumer of the church service and not really get to know anybody and not really experience fellowship. Um, and you might as well be at home then uh, watching it on your TV or listening to a podcast because as far as being in fellowship with other believers, it's, it's doing you no good and you're doing no one else any good. I think this is especially true in large churches. Uh, I remember when my wife and I first moved out to California, we started attending Grace Community Church. It's a very large church, thousands of people. So large, in fact, that the uh, Sunday school group we were part of had 400 people in it. But what we saw is that at first, while we were there, we didn't feel like we were fitting in. You know, we didn't feel like we were really connecting. And we weren't. And you, whether it's a large church or a small church, you have to be intentional. You can't just wait for people to reach out to you. Of course, that's wonderful if they do. And, and if you're a member of a church, you should try to reach out to new people. But, but you need to take personal responsibility for your own role as a member of your church, wherein you are actively being intentional about having relationships with other people in the church. Otherwise, you will just be a wallflower and you will not benefit the church or be benefited by this amazing grace that it is to gather together with fellow believers in Jesus Christ. So I think I've gotten a little bit ahead of myself, but this brings me to the third thing I wanted to talk about in regard to fellowship and making it a habit. And that's just kind of some practicals. How do you make this a habit? How do you go, how do you go beyond just being a wallflower at your church and to being someone who is enjoying the benefits of a rich Christian community and also contributing to it, just like God intended. I'll say this actually before I get into it. I think a lot of people, they read the book of Acts, especially the first few chapters, and they say, they swoon a little. They say, oh, if only we were like that, sharing all things in common. If only that was what our fellowship was like. The church is just so today, it's so consumer focused and blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. Listen, nice rant. But the thing is, you can have that. But why are you demanding that everyone else create that environment for you when you have just as much responsibility to create a rich, vibrant community within your church? We can't demand that someone else do this. We have to take responsibility and be intentional if we want to have deep, flourishing relationships with other believers in our church. And so that's the first thing is, how do you make this happen? How do you have Christian fellowship that's going to help you grow and help others grow? Well, you got to be intentional. You got to be intentional. If you want it to be a habit, you got to be the one to take the first step. And uh, my wife and I are actually at a new church now. It's not even new now. We're actually just talking about this. We've um, we moved back to Michigan in November, and we've been at the same church for now over six months. And Thankfully, when we came there, we already knew some people, and so we were able to get plugged in early on. But even still, we've had to be intentional. We've had to make sure we're getting to know people. And just the other day, I was saying, we need to, we need to start having some people over and trying to, to build some more relationships um, and be more intentional about that. And she was right, because unless you do it, you have no guarantee that it's going to happen. And a lot of times, 
other people are feeling the same way as you. They want those deep relationships. And even people that have been at the same fellowship for a while, they're wishing someone else would reach out. Well, that can be you. Even if you're not an extrovert, you can do it. So the first thing about how to make this a habit, well, you got to be intentional. But second, you got to commit to something. This is huge. Um, fellowship requires commitment and commitment begets productivity. <laughs> Let me break that down. One of the things people don't realize is that if you want to get better at something, if you want to make it a habit, one of the best things you can do is make a commitment. Uh, often it's a commitment that has external um, force to it, right? So it has accountability built in. So if your aim is to be a more productive believer, you want to bear more fruit for God's glory, and you want to grow as a person, well, listen, you need commitment. You need to make some commitments. And this should start at your local church. I'm telling you, if you, if you're saying, I just feel like I'm stagnating my faith. I feel like I'm not growing often, not always, but often the cause of that isn't that you're not getting enough input from the word, but it's because you're not doing enough output through serving because those things are, are related. And so it's important for you to make some commitments, maybe uh, commit to working in the nursery, uh, the information booth on Sundays, parking lot ministry, be an usher, or if you're gifted to teach, find avenues for that in your church. But if you want to have fellowship, you need to serve. That's another way to put it. And you'll find that as you serve, those relationships naturally form and they naturally deepen. And you're naturally driven back to God's word as you are trying to solve difficulties and help others to grow as well. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to commit to serve in your local church. And you will be astounded by how much you see yourself grow when you do that. A third way to make it a habit, we talked about being intentional. We talked about committing to something. Well, third, I want to say narrow the scope. I mentioned that when my wife and I were at Grace Community Church, our, our Sunday school group alone was 400 people. And so we had to become part of a small group. And surprise, surprise, the moment we did that, that is when we went really deep, had really dear, close fellowship with people. And those folks that we were with for those six, seven years out there in that small group, those are the people we're closest with. Those are the people we had the deepest fellowship with. Those are the people who brought us food when our baby was born. Those are the people who put us up in their house when um, there was a fire at our campground when we lived in an RV and our RV's generator broke. Uh, long, long story there about living in an RV. But um, those are the people who are close with. And so I put it this way, pare down and pour in. You want to grow as a believer? You want to have deep fellowship with people at your church? Yeah, definitely start with the church. Then narrow it down to a Sunday school group. Depends on the size of your church. Narrow that down to a Bible study. Narrow it down to people, couples, if you're, if you're a couple, or individuals, or, or groups. That those are going to be your crew. That's going to be your gang. Those are the people that you are going to pare down and focus on and pour into. That doesn't mean you neglect everybody else. But we only have so much attention, so much uh, bandwidth to our lives. And so we've got to find some relationships that we're going to go really deep on. And so combine all those together. Be intentional commit to something. If there's not a, if there's not a group meeting or, or some small group that exists, how about you be a part of making that happen and then narrow that scope, make it narrow and pour into those people 
by my Sunday school class, Bible study, invite people over for lunch or, or out to lunch and, and be vulnerable and be open with people. Is this hard? You bet it's hard. It's hard to be close to people, especially the way the world is right now, um, where we all have our devices and it's easy to retreat from deep relationships. And it's hard to be, be vulnerable because we're all so used to having our armor up all the time. But man, is it worth it. This is how friendships that last a lifetime are formed. They are forged in the fire of Christian fellowship, serving one another, encouraging each other, being deep with each other sharing struggles. And God has designed it to work that way. And so it's no surprise that it is the most fulfilling way to live, but it's also the most productive. If you want to be the type of believer who bears much fruit for the glory of God, for the benefit of others, and for your own eternal reward, my friend, you've got to be in fellowship and you've got to make that thing a habit. Because it is in the context of Christian fellowship that we honor Christ, that we grow as believers, and that we present to the world a compelling vision of what Christ's body, the church, looks like here on earth. So make fellowship an essential habit. Guys, thanks so much for sticking with me through season one of the program. I have a whole backlog of old episodes. I think we're close to 100 total. So if you're looking for more stuff while I'm taking a short break before season two, make sure you check out redeemingproductivity.com. You'll also find on there my newsletter, past articles, as well as links to my YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate you listening. And I will see you again here, well, when I see you. But until then, remember this, in whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God.